because you really think that's why I have no idea why people are coming to us. We have way (laughs) too many listeners for for what I thought we would be doing. It's starting to stress you out, isn't it? No, it's starting to stress you out, which is hilarious because I, I, to me, it's just a number on a page. I'm I'm so used to dealing with fake data that I assume everything I see on on websites is just randomly generated data. (laughs) Oh, that new that new Laura Mipsum podcast is great. <laughs> Hello, this is Eric Graham Johnson, and you're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 34, recorded Thursday, October 27th, 2016. In this show, we talk about phpugly.com, the website now runs on Laravel, Google quietly dropping a ban on personally identifiable web tra- tracking. DYN goes down. Laravel 4.2.20 is released, allowing you to run on PHP 7. Spark 3.0 released, and Adam Rathen Reddit War. Let's get started. Why, hello, Thomas. Why, hello there, Eric. How are you doing? Oh, boy. I am tired. I'm a little tired myself. We, we had an all-day client meeting today, which was good it was it was kind of a it was our client sitting us down as a complete team and talking about their visions for the future and projects that they want to work on it was great because they have a ton of projects so it looks like we're going to be busy for a while which is always nice to hear nice but why why are you so tired uh we're we're in crunch time we're pushing hard on the uh, latest version of our site and it's one of those things that you just sort of, when you're salary, you just sort of stay at your desk until 9 p.m. because you have to. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember those days. It, it's funny because, and I don't know if this is the case on the deadline you're working on, but I've worked on projects before in the past where some sort of business manager or project manager will put an arbitrary deadline on a project and all of a sudden it's like everybody's got to do whatever they can to meet that deadline where there's actually no real impact if you don't meet the deadline it's like there's no we've done all this marketing we said we're going to launch this day so we have to hit this day sort of thing it was just some project manager saying okay we should be done by the end of october Right. And all of a sudden, everybody's stressing out because they're trying to reach that deadline. And you know, sometimes you got to take a step back. I'm like, okay, if what is what's really the consequence if we don't reach this deadline? What's the and really typically the only consequence you're really worried about is the financial impact. So I always find deadlines kind of I don't know funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked how they did it over at uh, Business.com, where how was that? But do you remember the Kraken? You know, the Kraken? Yeah, giant project that they were working on that uh, mm-hmm. they didn't have a date. They didn't have a deadline until they knew they could hit a deadline. So, you know, there was a lot of internal promotion about how cool this thing was and how everyone was working on it, but there wasn't any external promotion until the team had decided, oh, yeah, now it's ready for a deadline, and so then we'll put a deadline on it. You know, they had a target. Oh, interesting. They had a target, but they didn't have a deadline. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, for me, it's we, we do have all this marketing going out. We have a, a team of salespeople and marketers and everybody who's got all their material ready and they're ready to start selling it. So, you know, and I'm also not in, not in the position to challenge deadlines. No, no, definitely deadlines are definitely one of those things you want to be careful if if you decide to challenge you want to make sure you're in a good position to challenge them so we had our meetup this week we We were there we had a great meetup meetup. saw a great talk on polymorphic models i was given by you yeah i was gonna say the great talk was kaylin's talk about accessors and mutators you know, I, I went to the bathroom. Apparently, I missed it because it was a very short talk. <laughs> it was short. It's, you know, it, it can be a daunting subject, but the actual content of it is pretty small once it's well explained. 
So. I did appreciate Kaylin stepping up there and, and doing a quick presentation for us. Kaylin, I work with Kaylin at Diego Dev. He is up in Seattle. Recently, when I went up to Seattle, I took some time out to make sure I went to visit him and his family and, you know, just uh, buy him a beer. But for this all-day client meeting we had today, the client actually flew Kaylin in because Kaylin works on the project and they wanted to make sure he was part of this conversation. So Kaylin had been in town for a couple days and he was here for the Laravel meetup and stepped up and did a quick talk. So I thought that was fantastic. I, I do really appreciate the fact that he did that. Yeah, it was good to see him, you know, and, and him coming to town for that really got me hyped up for um, something else too which was the Laracon coming to San Diego prospects. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm moving, and I'd love a good excuse like Laracon to come back to San Diego and visit everybody. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to have that excuse. I was working pretty hard to bring Laracon to San Diego. Well, don't say you were working too hard on it. Well, I've been bugging Taylor about this for years, and... He he kind of got my hopes up. We exchanged some DMs. We looked for some venues. But ultimately, I, I got I have it under pretty good authority if it won't happen. I don't know for sure. It won't be official until they actually release the landing page for Laracon. But, uh, yeah, I, I got it under pretty good authority that San Diego is out of the running, which I was disappointed in. So I'm going to have to start working on him for 2018, I guess. Yeah, here's hoping. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I told him, I told him, I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll still go, but I'm going to go. I'm going to be there with my arms folded and a very angry look on my face the whole time. So that should, that should send a message. I don't know. Hey, did you notice at the meetup I was rewarded? So I'm not drinking my, my Lagavulin today. I see that. That's very unusual. Yeah, a little Johnny Johnny Walker Black was given to me by one of our our members. I don't I don't know if I should call out his name or not, but I've spoken of him in the past. I'll I'll say that much. We've been working together on a couple projects or, or one project, and uh, I've been kind of doing some mentoring with him. And uh, he used me as a reference to get a job. He got the job. He wanted to show his appreciation and. That is a great way to show your appreciation. Is, I just want to put that out there. That is a handy way to do it. Johnny yeah. Walker is one of those things where it's like the, the current security threat level colors. I just don't understand what their coloring system is. They've, they've got yeah, I know, red I, and black and I, blue. I just know Johnny Walker black is pretty good. But, yeah, there's there's some colors that are more expensive. I don't, I don't know what they are, but I'm very happy with my Johnny Walker black. You seem pleased. Mm-hmm. I am. It's it's a little um, little lighter than my Lagavulin. It's not as harsh. I, I I think is the but a little smoother. I don't know if I'd say smoother. Just a little lighter. It's like a it's like drinking a Corona and a Corona beer. It's it's still beer. It's still good. It's it's not as potent as say a say a stout, but it's good. I'm enjoying it. And what was cool is I I found out. In our last meetup, not only did uh, my buddy who got me the uh, Johnny Walker got a job, but there was another member who got a lead, ended up getting a position through SDPHP. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's like, that is the best thing to hear when you hear that. Uh, members coming up saying, hey, you know, I went to the job board, I saw a job, I let them know I was a member of the group, I got an interview, and now I start work there, so... That's, really oh, that's always great. Sometimes you don't want people to get jobs. We have we have a guy with our company who are the first guy who's actually kind of leaving the company to to work full time. He, he's leaving the whole contractor gig and getting a full time job. Oh, and quite it was a good full time like, job too. I don't know about that. I'm, I, I don't. I'm I, don't I don't know how good him. it is. I I don't know how happy I am for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made that clear. Yeah, a couple. I'll continue to make it clear. A couple Guinnesses in, you started getting punchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a good time with him today. So he was at the client meeting as well. Oh, and, yes. Uh, we, we we had a pretty good time with him today. So I, I am happy for him. But 
yeah, he he he's a super valuable talent, and you know he's lucky wherever he goes. They're lucky to have him. So, see some other general conversation. Did you want to say something? I got yeah, I've got a couple news items. We're not at the news yet, buddy. We are. I told the you, news. I got a lot of We're stuff news to talk makers. about. Why do you want to go? You just want to jump right into the news. I thought we covered news at the beginning. We start with the news items and then. We never covered news at the beginning. Uh, do you do you even participate in this podcast? Not that I can remember. If if I had my way, we wouldn't even get to the news. We'd have so much interesting stuff to talk about that the news would just not even be there. But people come to us for the news. Because you really you think that's why they I come? have no idea that why people be... are coming to us. We have way <laughs> too many listeners for, for what I thought we would be doing. It's starting to stress you out, isn't it? No. It's starting to stress you out, no? which is hilarious because I... I to me, it's just a number I on a page. So. I'm I'm so used to dealing with yeah. fake data that I assume everything I see on on websites is just randomly generated data. <laughs> oh, that new yeah, that no, new Laura Mipsum podcast is great. <laughs> so the other things I wanted to talk about is I redid the PHP Ugly website. Yes. Yeah. Before I don't know if you remember, I explained the workflow before, but. I, I had this vision in my head where we would take our show notes in GitHub, do it in Markdown, and I was going to write the script that would pull in the Markdown and place it uh, into these templates, and I would build websites using uh, Katana, and that just never happened. I mean, I, I was using Katana to build the website, but I was copying and pasting the MD5, then I would... I'd pull in the SoundCloud snippet so that we had the player. It just never worked out. It was never as automated as I wanted it to be. Sure. So it, it became a little bit of a pain in the butt to handle. The other thing I was doing with it is because I was using Katana, Katana was one of these static generator websites. So it, it, the, the reason I went with Katana is because it used Laravel Blade syntax to create the static pages. But... Once you were done building, it was just static. It was just a static website. So just for fun, I ended up deploying it to Firebase, uh, which is Google. Google bought Firebase a while back. It's this Google data store, and they hosted web pages. I'm like, hey, I wonder if I could deploy there. So I was being lazy, and I did that. But yeah, there was a lot of things that I wanted to do that I couldn't do, and didn't feel like messing around with the uh, Katana templates and all that. And uh, I'd been talking with uh, uh, Matt Lance over at uh, LairChat. And he's like, hey, you know, I, I wrote a CMS. I'm like, oh, yeah? What, what did you write? And he goes, oh, it's called Quarks. And I'm like, Quarks? It was a Q-U-A-R-X. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce that, Quarks, yeah. So I went and looked at it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this, you know, he has it. So you can actually drop uh, Markdown in there. So I'm like, yeah, this might work. So... I started playing around with it. I actually submitted to him a couple pull requests, and uh, he he merged into a few of my pull requests. And I've spent about a week migrating the template over and all the shows over, and now now that's what what we're running on. So it's Laravel with this Quarks uh, CMS system pulled into it, and it's working pretty good. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. It it's fun to to tinker around with it a little bit. So so that's always that's fun. Yeah. What's cool is, you know, I can create an account for you, and you can actually go in there and edit a few things. Eh. So. <laughs> eh. It's like, once we're done recording, you're pretty much done with your with your PHP ugly duties, Yeah, huh? I, I like to take a very hands-off approach towards the podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a, see, it's a blame-shifting technique. It's just inherent to me. We should talk about... Our holiday schedule. Are we gonna Are we gonna establish a holiday schedule? I think we Does have. Our, have. Well, we've established a ho- holiday schedule for the user groups, but we haven't for the podcast. Oh yeah, we're absolutely. I mean, we're not gonna be. Yeah, we'll keep Good. recording. We'll burn. Fuck we'll you. burn right through Christmas and Thanksgiving. Oh jeez, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we're we're gonna take a hiatus. People huh? people want to hear the post turkey podcast. They want to hear us. We record on a Thursday. They listen to turkeys every day. We will definitely have a podcast where we sit down and go, 
Ugh. Oh god, I ate too much. Welcome to PHP you Ugly. That one on your own. I don't know if I can sell the wife on that one. I went back and looked at it. You realize we, we've recorded a podcast on my wedding anniversary and on my kid's birthday. And so, yeah, I'm going to have to draw the line at some point. I mean, I, I'm pretty happy with our streak right now. But, yeah, we're going to have to, we might have to break that in November. You think? We have to skip a week. You think uh, Thanksgiving is going to take priority over one of your kid's birthdays or your wedding anniversary? I got I got to show some effort. Either that or we move it to a Saturday. I don't know. We got to think about something. We we can record a day early or something. Yeah, we may need to do that. We'll see. I do like I do like the little streak we have going, so yeah. I don't know. And I I always like a uh, a good holiday themed show. We can we can <laughs> mix up the music. I can wear a so, turkey waddle. I'm going to throw you a softball here. I, I actually had two Doom and Gloom things I wanted to talk to you about, but I noticed you, you actually have one of them as a card, so I'll save that there. The other thing I want to talk to you about... Oh, I actually got two more things to talk to you about. See, this is what I'm saying. We're 15 minutes in the show and haven't even hit the news yet. You haven't uh, You haven't even hit a single card yet. You're working completely I off know. script. This is what I'm saying. i got to keep you... I, I can't give you cards for everything, otherwise you start to... You start to queue up your responses, and they're not uh, they're not as, as real. You know, they're doesn't, not yeah. as uh, organic. Doesn't have so. the genuine citizen like cynicism. Yeah, I like to hit you with a few things. Uh, let's see what else. So, Apple, right? Oh yeah. Apple. What do you think about the Apple announcement? Do you care? Uh, oh, you don't. Really I am care. pleased as punch. Why is that? I'm not a huge fan of Apple. I fall really on the indifferent side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Nice OS, very pretty design, grossly overrated and too expensive. Overpriced for sure, yeah. And the the fanboyism is very strong with Apple. People are Apple oh, yeah. people. And Yeah, yeah, no no question. Yeah, when a company does something that makes the the true fanboys look at it and go, "Uh, I don't know." I just sort of lean back in my chair and and twiddle my fingers and go hee hee. So are you referring to the OLED uh, the OLED touchscreen and the, yeah. the the completely missing escape key? As a Vim guy, that breaks my heart. I, I take it as a personal attack. It now, really is. With, with that said, with that said, I John actually reminded me, and I don't even think about this because I use Vim. It's kind of reflex for me now. I don't use my escape key. Uh, a very long time ago, I mapped my uh, JJ. So when I'm in insert mode, if I want to escape out, I just hit JJ. And that actually takes me back to normal mode, which is what you would typically use the escape key for. So I don't use the escape key, but I do use the escape key when I SSH to servers and I don't have my customized Vim settings on that server. Right. So it's still a requirement. So the Vim, the Vim community or the, the Apple fanboy Vim community is saying, well, just map, map your escape key to your, uh, your caps lock key because nobody uses that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, first off, I have the same problem because I have to do that on every server I ever touched. You know, so that alone is a headache. The second thing is, that's just not the right answer. That is the wrong answer. There's something to be said for muscle memory. And people who are currently using Vim on Macs, the proposition of upgrading to a Mac that does not have an escape key or has a completely remapped escape key is not appetizing. Yes, yes, there are solutions, but they are solutions to a problem that Apple introduced. Yeah, Yeah, and I I was telling a couple people today, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like this this touchscreen toolbar thing that they have is gimmicky. I mean, it just doesn't. It's like what functionality? There's nothing I do with my keyboard where I've been like, well, I wish I had this functionality where I could just do scroll with a with a little touchscreen right here. That would be so much better. It's like no. There's and the only thing that's going to enhance are Apple software. You know, it's not like an open source audacity will tie into to this i just can't see that happening i mean maybe it will happen but i just i don't know it's 
there's not enough driving factor for me to say, oh, yeah, I, I've got to have that. That's fantastic. Well, and visually, as far as your eyes go, too, this is a whole new behavior. You, you've been taught to not look at your keyboard while typing, and now there's actual dynamic content being displayed on the keyboard. People are going to have to get used to this. It's right. Why not? And it's going to change depend, depending on what application you have running. Right. You know, what's, what's displayed there is going to change. Or the context of the application, even. I mean, it's yeah. just a bad idea. It's the kind of thing that Steve Jobs would have said, that's a good idea, but never, ever put it in a product. There are a million reasons that that will not work correctly. And it's replacing the F key s section of your keyboard, right? Right. <laughs> How frequently did you use the F keys in the first place? Well, so that's interesting. This was my other comment was on the Mac, the laptop, the F keys actually have two modes. They have the function mode and then they have another mode where one's a volume control, one's a brightness control. So my question was, what's in that toolbar by default? Is it the function key? Is it the volume control? And I understand to, to some extent it's customizable. But I don't want to have to customize that. <laughs> There's no. It just seems like so much additional. I don't know. It's just. It's not adding enough benefit. Yeah. No. It's... Now, where where it does add benefit, I will. I will put this out there. We we have a guy working with us who's been waiting for this announcement because he needs to buy some new hardware. And when he saw this, he made a very good point. He he was like, "Well, this is good because I don't know if I'm going to buy this, but I know I'm going to buy a Mac." A power book he's like so at very least i can buy the older model power book at a substantial discount now because you know that hardware had not been refreshed in a long time but they it still had that premium price on it so i you know typically apple will reduce those prices to get that inventory out of their out of their warehouses right and i looked at the newer mac the, the only thing i didn't like about the older macs it was the biggest thing that, that I thought was a shortcoming was that the biggest hard drive you could get on it at the time was a uh, 500 gig solid state. If you wanted to go the solid state route, which I don't know why you wouldn't on a laptop now. Uh, so the biggest drive you could get was 500 gig. And I, I do know on the new one, I think it goes up to two, two terabytes, which is good. I think that's a good number for a laptop, but I lived on my 500 gig solid state for five six years so yeah maybe that's maybe that's fine but but yeah with the exception of the bigger hard drive on the new hardware i don't have a real compelling reason to, to jump jump on board with that well and and the problem with the logic about the older models getting cheaper is that the new model the new macbook pro is 500 dollars more expensive than it was in the last iteration are you sure about that? Have you seen that? Seen it. Because I, I looked at the pricing. I don't think that's right. It's 2500 versus the MacBook Pro. Yeah, I, I, the last iteration was 2000 flat. Because uh, I, I know I spent about, for my totally maxed out uh, hardware, I think I spent about as much as the maxed out hardware for the new model is as well. So, yeah. I was actually happy that I, I assumed that they were going to kick it up by like you know a thousand dollars. But why would it get but more? They, they, why would it get more expensive? Yeah. And what's even worse with the new hardware, and we're spending a lot of time on this Apple Apple talk, but what's even worse with the new hardware is they can they've completely done away with USB ports. There are no USB ports on it. It does happen. To, it doesn't even support the iPhone Seven headphones. It, and what's funny is it has a headphone jack. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it has a, it has a headphone jack. Really, it has a headphone jack. That you need an adapter for everything with the MacBook Pro. Yeah, that's that's a that's a again talking about maybe buying last year's model. That's another great argument. Do you, I, I am not ready to get get rid of my USB ports. I have that. I'm I have so that file for you on a thumb drive. Do you uh you want that file on the thumb drive? Oh, you don't have any USB <laughs> ports? Oh shoot. Um. Now, hey, hey. At least listen. you got it cheap, though, right? You know, you know what? You you heard about the USB killer, though, right? 
at least you wouldn't have to you, you'd protect yourself from that there needs, needs to be a thunderbolt killer have you heard about this usb killer is it the the car battery thing that burns out your motherboard yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, why'd you say car battery what's because it's basically a super capacitor a, it, in a thumb drive it's a capacitor yeah exactly yeah. and you stick it in and it just looks like a thumb drive and you stick it in and it just smokes your system i mean, there's you don't need if there's just power to the system it smokes it yeah it's but... horrifying man I, I can see some dumbass kid walking to best buy going boop 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 I mean that's this is the thing about Mac. People, people. <laughs> Thomas is sitting there like, God damn, that's a good idea. I'm looking at anarchy. I'm looking at a forty-three hundred dollar laptop that doesn't have USB, doesn't come with a dock, doesn't support iPhone headphones, and I'm thinking like, Wow, this is gonna sell like hotcakes. <laughs> now I, I think they, I, I think uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I. I... I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a quick hardware uh, rev come out in six to eight months where they say, okay, well, this is a little bit different. Uh, we, we consider this a scaled down model. We, we kept the USB ports. We did away with the touchscreen. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, but we'll see what happens. Do we have battery life on here? Do we even know? I haven't, heard I haven't even heard about battery life. Oh, no. God, so much thinner, though. 0.6 millimeters thinner. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a huge difference, right? <laughs> well, I can just get a whole new backpack now. Now, now I'm going to jump back on the Apple bandwagon with you, though. I I, I mentioned uh, the guy who's working with us looking to buy hardware. I had loaned him my laptop. Yes. Because he's waiting. He's waiting to purchase a laptop. I had actually done this last week, and I had mentioned to you. Um, that I was doing the stream from uh, a Chromebook, which I'm actually doing that again today. I, I mean, we're, we're doing this live stream through a Chromebook. And it's worked out really well. And that was my plan. I was like, okay, well, I have a Linux laptop. It's a, it's a much older Linux laptop. It's very big, very bulky, very slow. Uh, and I was just going to use that for the weeks Why? My friend had had my Apple laptop. Yeah, and I started realizing how much I could get done with my Chromebook. Now, I've always had this love hate relationship with my Chromebook because it does well for what it's meant to do, which is basically a web browser. But when I try to push it too hard, it gets a little clunky. It doesn't it doesn't have that good user experience. And I I for years tried so hard to find a good tablet. Android tablet. Uh, I tried so hard to find a good Android tablet. And I had the Samsung. I even went with the Google Nexus. I have like three or four uh, Android tablets around here. And really? none of them, yeah, none of them really worked well. And I had all but given up on tablets. That's why I ended up with the Chromebook. It was one of these Chromebooks where it had the touchscreen and all. I was pretty happy with it. But as, as things happen to occur... Uh, the stars had a line and I ended up with an iPad pro and I was kind of, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I, I'm, I'm curious. And I, w I didn't have a high level expectation out of it, but damn, man, I'm going to be honest with you. What I've been able to do on my, this iPad, iPad pro, I'm pretty impressed with. And it, I do think this is the one area where Apple does ha had, had kind of done it right. I mean, you still have the issue of proprietary stuff and, the lightning bolt cable and I mean, there's all that, but sure. there's no question that there are, there are companies out there who, when they design their apps from, for tablets, they still treat the iOS as like a first class citizen. Yeah. So there are certain apps that I just ran on here. I'm like, wow, this is such a nicer experience on here than it was on the Android tablet. You know, and my experience with that is that iPad is a more stable tablet OS than Android is. I do have a lot of which is disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the same problem Windows has with crashes in games and stuff. It's a matter of supporting so much hardware that you start to invite problems with drivers and Android. Uh, yeah, you know, I can see that. And Android is strong because it's flexible, but it's weak because it's flexible. Right. So. So I'm real happy. I mean, I I, I could never see myself 
replacing my desktop. We 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 are the type of people we will always be tied to a desktop. You know that sure. that will always yeah. be our work machine. I could t- and but I I I have started integrating my iPad. I mean even now as we're talking, I have my iPad open to make notes on cuts and edits for this uh, for this podcast. I've started integrating it more and more into my different workflows. So even when I'm working on my laptop, I might have my email open on my iPad. And as emails come in, I can just glance over, and if it's nothing I need to read, I'll just swipe it and archive it and just continue working as opposed to going over the tab and and archiving it that way. Well, you know I work Um, on a laptop, though. The the laptop that you always see me with, I have a dock Uh for that, and it's got two monitors out. But but, but it's a computer. It's a real computer. Yeah, it's it's a heavyweight machine. That's my point. I, I can never replace... I will always need a computer. Now you saw whether it's a laptop or a desktop. You saw at the meetup Kalen's Surface, Microsoft Surface, which is a real computer as well. It's a real computer, and boy, I was jealous. That is a yeah. nice machine. I mean, yeah, I thought about getting that as well. They're they're more expensive than iPads, which I think is what's hurting them in the market. But that's it's but it's also a so. full it's a it's full a, laptop yeah. too with yeah. with a Touch OS. The Microsoft has done great work with the Touch OS that they put on there. So, so with the iPad, I could definitely see my parents like never needing another computer. My mom doesn't need a computer. Yeah, absolutely. She, I, 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 I was, I was convinced for a long time that she could live off of a, off of a Chromebook. But having, she still can't get her, get her head away from having the separation of application. Like everything, applications need to live on her system. Right. You know, it can't it can't be Google Docs. There has to be a office application she opens to to do her documents. Yeah, I think it, I think she could actually live off an iPad and and just be perfectly fine. Okay, that was a lot of rambling. We we're already over thirty minutes into the show. We've got a ton of news items to talk about. We oh, should just start geez, rapid firing through them, this stuff. Burn them down. Yeah, so we should probably we should probably get started on that. What do you got for in us, Thomas? In that same vein, uh, Windows has been on a run lately. With all the news we've been talking about, I mean, every time we talk about Microsoft, it's been positive lately. This is true. The the in only, regards to open source you're talking about. Yeah, uh, the only negative we've had recently was the the new laptops that were coming out that did not support Linux. They were running a Microsoft BIOS, and people were very upset that these laptops would not allow you to install Linux on them. Well, that has been resolved. Lenovo has released a patch for its Yoga series books, so now they can successfully run Linux. That is fantastic to hear. Uh, there's also yeah. the, the Microsoft's new foray into art. The Microsoft. I'm sorry, before you move, move on from yeah, that, yeah, uh, Thomas... Ahead. That's a patch. So, so if I have an existing Yoga that previously couldn't run Linux, there's a patch I can download. Mm-hmm. That's a BIOS. From yeah, Lenovo. it's a BIOS update. It's a it's a blessed BIOS update. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's great to hear. What, what you're moving on? Well, uh, so Microsoft also showed off their new uh, Creative Studio, which is just a beautiful, gigantic screen, touch interface, all in one computer. Uh, with a dial that you can stick anywhere on the screen and it pulls up context-sensitive elements. and It's really similar to the OLED bar on the new Macs, but it just seems more, <laughs> it just seems more practical. The ability to move it around on the screen anywhere you want to and still provide the same functionality, you know, it's a, it's a context window. And then if you take it off the screen, you can use it as a, a, a speed dial or a dial sitting on your desk for doing functionality hmm. as well. And it also comes with the Microsoft Pen touch interface. And it's just, it's everyone I've talked to has been very impressed by it. Uh, it is expensive. I think it's 3500 but boy, mm-hmm. it's nice. Yeah, I tell you, I, I, I did get the Apple Pen. And, uh, you know, from everything I, I, I'm reading, I'm so jealous of the Windows Pen. Yeah. I uh, hear it's better touch. It actually has this has absolutely no functionality. I'm I'm holding the pen in my hand. It it is I don't understand what separates this from any other stylus. 
I mean, it has good weight to it. It has a Bluetooth sync to it, which is weird because that means you have to keep it charged. And I'm not <laughs> exactly sure what the Bluetooth is doing, unless it's it's like a Bluetooth mouse. It's using a so battery. So maybe it's not actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I mean it's it's it it has very little functionality. I I use it because I like the, I like the handwriting. I, I typically handwrite notes, then I go back and and type them out. I just it just works better for me. It's my it's my flow. But yeah, it's it was expensive and it does very little of anything. And when it's, when you charge it, you stick it out the bottom of the iPad, right? It looks yeah, it 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 looks yeah, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we miss you, Steve. Oh. So we're we're still we're still burning through RCs, huh? Yeah, PHP 7.1 RC5. Although in this announcement they said we're almost at the end of the RC cycle, so hopefully next week RC six or final. I don't know at this point. I mean, I have mixed emotions about it. the The one hand, I'm like, I'm happy they're still tweaking it. They're fi- they're still making it right. On the other hand, I'm kind of like, okay, well let's release it. But then still, on the third hand, I'm like. Yeah, I'm not going to just turn around and start upgrading all my machines to seven wine. So I'm in no hurry, really. Take your time. I'll, I'll straight up do what? it. Why? I love to. What's seven one? What's seven one going to do for you? It's gonna it's gonna finish out the typing system. Returning mm. returning nulls, typing methods correctly. It polishes out. It, it finishes what they started. Speaking of PHP 7.1, we we had some PHP 7 news as well. Laravel kind of went back and made some patches to Laravel uh, version 4. So it's now at 4.2.20. And the big thing with that is it made it compatible to run on PHP 7. And, and they, they said, ideally, you should be upgrading to Laravel 5. But if you're in these situations where you can't, but you want to move to a supported PHP platform and, and get those benefits of performance out of it, um, they made a patch for Laravel 4, which I thought was good. Let's see. What else we got? Oh, You picked the next one. I got I I'm, I got my eyes on one. Like I said, I like I said earlier, I had a topic I want to talk to you about, and you have a card for it. So, what do you want to talk about? Well, boy, I just I don't want to jump straight into Tom's doom and gloom hour, but I mean, let's 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 dive into Tom's doom and gloom, and then we will pull ourselves back out with uh with a few of the cards that we can pull back out with. Okay, do you remember what my doom and gloom, Tom? Uh, element was last week. Do you remember what I was talking about? Uh, actually, it wasn't last week. I went back and looked at this. This oh. is this is the thing I want to talk to you about. It w- it was in show thirty one that you talked about this. You're right. Is this is this, is this not the same? Yeah, this that, is the that's same what I wanted thing. to ask you about. Yeah, yeah, it is. <clears throat> yes. I'm like when I heard about the the denial of service and all the DNS going down. And I heard what was causing it. I'm like, holy smokes, Tom told us about this three weeks ago on like episode 31. And so please, you have the floor. This is your doom and gloom highlight reel right here, buddy. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you noticed last week, but uh, half the internet went down. Oh, we, uh, we, we noticed. Yeah, GitHub, Netflix, a lot of stuff. Uh, anything hosted by DYN DNS services. And this is now the current, as opposed to a couple weeks ago, it is now the current largest DDoS attack in history. Uh, this is a DDoS attack running off of the Mirai botnets that I was telling you about that are hosted off of Internet of Things uh, devices, like cameras and stuff like that. So... The, the payoff happened faster than I expected from that source code being released because it very quickly took down the entirety of the internet. <laughs> right. And and now, now, just to rewind a little bit, back in episode 31, you talked about the Internet, internet of Things virus unleashed. And that, that was 
you were talking specifically about some security expert who identified it. Yeah, right? Brian Krebs was the first really attacked or the the first real victim of this. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a security researcher and consultant. And yeah, he he published all this information about it, what happened, uh, the 620 gigabyte per second attack on his site. Um, but it, it appears that that was just a test run because, boy, did they go all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I saw that and I heard about when, when they when they started to dissect what had happened and started doing post mortems, and I heard that Internet of Things, and I'm like, holy crap, this story sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, and on top of this. There are vendors who are making these kinds of webcams and stuff, and they issued a a recall of the webcams along with a legal threat to sue anyone who blamed them for this vulnerability. <laughs> uh, so the, That's it, classic. Yes, it was, it was the classic uh, Hangzhou Zongmai technology give and take. It, it's rough. I mean... This is what happens when there isn't a standard out there for security and anyone can make anything they want and tell other people to just, yeah, plug it into your network. It's safe. <laughs> you know, I, the, the thing is, is most people not, at this point have learned you don't take a USB drive and plug it into a work computer. But Yeah, because yeah. it could kill your computer. But you'll, okay, you'll you buy. Stay on, stay on point. Come on. Stay on point. You'll buy, Move forward. You'll buy a camera and you'll plug it into your network. But what else you got? back to the doom and gloom, Google quietly dropped... This is a doom and gloom? This is doom and gloom, absolutely. Okay. Google has quietly dropped the ban on personally identifiable web tracking from their contract. So what this meant was, back in the day when they, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll host Gmail for free, and we won't use your information to advertise to you, Everyone was was wary of Google's always watching, Google's always watching. But Google promised, we're not reading it to identify you, we're reading it to target ads towards the content you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Well, they've removed the lines that said, we're not going to target you by your name. So what this means is, along with a purchase of DoubleClick, which is a large database of web browsing records, behaviors, and advertising uh, reports, you could basically be targeted in an ad published by Google now. So you, you could theoretically go to a website that had a banner that said, Hey, Thomas, we understand that your daughter's pregnant. Would you like to buy a gun? Oh, jeez. Now, I'm not, right. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. What I'm saying is that the, in the terms of service previously, they said it would not happen, and that line mm-hmm. was removed from the terms of service. So it'll be a much more subtle change. They're not just going to start calling people out by their name in targeted ads. But that data is now available for Google when they want to. That, that hard line between who you are and the anonymous browsing habits or email or whatever it is you do, that line has been removed. So mm-hmm. if, a, if a company executive decides that they want to do this thing, the legal department cannot tell them, no, they can't do that. To me, that's doom and gloom. To me, that's bad news. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah. It was, it was less than a year ago that Google changed their motto, which used to be, do no evil. Mm-hmm. And it, it appears that they're, they're sliding down the slippery slope, so it was. Okay. Next card. Well, that's that's it for the the doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Yeah, that's it for okay. the doom and gloom. I, I, I'm interested. So, with the user groups, I don't think I've shared this with you yet, Thomas. With user groups, we have a tendency to try to schedule uh, presenters out, right? Because sure. it, it's very tough. Like next month, we don't have a presenter for either. The PHP user group or the Laravel user group. So now we got to scramble. Uh, this week, I found out that we'd been working on setting up a speaker, and that finally came through. 
which reminds me, I, I, another person offered to do a presentation in January, which I, I had to let them know we need to push them to February. But in January, in January, we're going to do a hangout with Adam Adam Wazen. Really? Yeah. So I, I haven't told you this, huh? No. No. Yeah. Uh, Marcus has been working on this. Oh, I, I know. My Marcus replacement. Is, yes. Your your replacement. I see. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I had I had him get approval through Evan. But, um, yeah, Marcus has been working on this. Evan does have oversight on everything now. <laughs> so, yeah, Marcus came up to me and says, hey, yeah, we're all set for January to, to do a hangout with uh, Adam Wath. And I'm like, oh, that is fantastic. And lo and behold, I see you have a story here on Adam Wath. And we're not going to say anything that pisses him off, are we? Oh, no. I, I loved, <laughs> I absolutely loved this. Okay. So... The, a user on Reddit said, why are conditional loops evil? And the first line mm-hmm. was, I won't mention any ma- any names, but some members of the Laravel community are preaching the fact that conditional statements and loops are bad. Well, guess who replied? <laughs> the guy who's basically written the book on it? Yeah, the person he wasn't naming. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fantastic. Yeah. It was great. Uh, he he broke down some great examples and said, "Well, here here's what it is I'm saying when I say that in something more." Who than is just a who tweet. is he? Who is he? Adam Wathen. There you go. Yes, the <laughs> the. I thought that was clear. I thought we had run that. I, I thought so too, but I figured no, fair we enough. should make it official. <laughs> yeah. So he gave out a really well thought out, uh, concise response, and then people chimed in with their comments on it, and boy. Did it get me interested in functional programming? It really did. I mean, I, I've seen him. Obviously, I saw him do his. Uh, I saw him do his talk at, at Laracon, and where he walks through examples, and uh, just making everything collections and like, okay, you know, let's let's filter everything down through collections instead of doing these for each loops, and you're like, wow, that just really seems cool. I mean, yeah. I want to uh, I want to try that. So, yeah, and and that's the thing we we had a discussion earlier about functional programming, and that's that's about the extent of my knowledge. And it wasn't from Adam Wathen; it was from uh, another podcast I, I was listening to where they were talking about you know languages that are being built uh, specifically for functional programming, and one of the big things they were trying to trying to eliminate were were loops were were loops in general you know for each and any sort of loop yeah you know, I, I know I, that was a big I tried to look into this more and you know all I could really find was a wikipedia page which was written in classic wikipedia style which is if you're going to put it on the back of a book that works fine but if you're going to try and learn off of it that's kind of a hard way to go about it uh and I, you know, after seeing this on Reddit, I wasn't really going to bring it up, but then Adam tweets, in honor of some pro-loop Reddit propaganda, refactoring to collections is forty percent off using the coupon LOL Reddit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really, I'm really digging this guy. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome to have him at the, uh, at the meetup. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He, I don't know if he has it out yet, but he was coming out with a whole uh, video series that you could subscribe to, and it, he has some good stuff. So, yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. Honestly, it was very much like your talk, Thomas, on polymorphic mo- models, where I'm like, why am I not doing this more? See, that's such a great idea. I just need to get in that mindset when I'm looking at my code to think about, refactoring to a collection or these polymorphic models that you know i as i was explaining to you at the meetup for me i would have just created multiple pivot tables sure which which would in hindsight be a terrible idea you know there would be no need for not a terrible idea i guess that's bad bad phrase but there's a better way of doing it and that was these this polymorphic model that you're talking about yeah and it and it depends on you know i mean that was also what he said in on his on the reddit thread was that it's not always the right way to do things right uh doing things doing things both ways or doing things the ways that work for you is still the most important thing uh which is something Mm -hmm. i know jeffrey way jeffrey way has reiterated over and over again do it the way that works yeah if you saw his talk at laricon 
you know, he, he definitely goes through some scenarios where you're like, yeah, that does seem to make a lot more sense. And I, it also adds performance to the application. Boy, we're gonna we're gonna have to tell the editor to cut out the Apple section. Make I'm, it a, I'm starting to think that a we're brisk ten really minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have an upgrade to Spark. Spark's moved to version three, and much like a lot of the other Laravel releases of recent, the big thing is that now it has a Vue.js 2.0 um, used on the front end. So. Uh, just worth mentioning. I just tossed that out there for yeah. anybody using Spark. And, and you know, I, I'd like to hear from our listeners to see if we have uh, any Spark users out there because I don't know how popular a language it really is. I know Laravel is very popular, but Spark I'm not sure about. Yeah, it, yeah, the f- framework, it, it's not really a language, but yeah, it's, the, it's, it's built on Laravel. But yeah, it's very specific. Uh, it's a very specific use case. I actually have a couple of projects queued up where I'm going to try to use Spark, but I just haven't had the opportunity to start implementing them. And I really, really need to get around to implementing them because we're trying to we're trying to you know build some things internally at work, and uh, a couple of them require Spark. So I need to I need to get on the horse on that. And you know, I I think I'm gonna leave this next item for next week all right that's fair enough we'll, we'll leave people in suspense yeah it's a good one too oh boy <laughs> all right well you know this was a chock full of information show we are at an hour we you know we've done so good at getting right down about 30 minutes for two or three shows there and we're back up to an hour I blame yeah. you. I blame Apple. It feels like we're running long, but but we have to remember that for 25 episodes, we went for an hour and a half each time, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is probably a good point to wrap up for tonight. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. This has been episode 34, and I am Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it Keep ugly. It ugly. He's a password manager. Damn it, you ruined it! (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly. Ugly.